that was what God needed to move. That was that was the broken heart. That was the broken mess that God needed to be able to move in. Even though I swore him off, you know, with these intellectual arguments and all, all of this smart stuff, he didn't need to find me through my head. He found me through my heart. And I just started pouring out to him, you know, being honest. I, I felt like I've been running with carrying lies and telling lies for so long. It was like, just come clean, tell the truth. And uh, what I found was a God who could handle all of my doubts and my insecurities and my fears and even my anger, you know, or just confusion about who God is and why he made the world the way he did and things aren't fair and just all that sort of coming out. But it, it was met with open arms and with love and, and grace. Wow, what a, what, a, what a love to experience. When you do experience love like that, it's transformational. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. So one of my favorite things to do is to scroll TikTok. And that's the end of the story. I'm just kidding. But when I scroll TikTok and I find really cool people with really cool stories, I will sometimes reach out and say, hey, I would love to interview you on the Truth For Your 20s podcast. And I get even more excited when they say yes, like the incredible couple out of dust. I know that's not your name, but that is your like group name and how your music and all that kind of stuff. So you guys have an incredible story and I just want you to share it. Hey, so hello, welcome my friends. Yes, so to be clear, we have two people on. So if you guys can maybe just say your name and voice, and that way we can make Chris? a connection. <laughs> That's Chris. Uh, I'm Stephanie. Steph. <laughs> That's Chris. Okay, Chris and Stephanie. And in in a very very short sentence, um, they were divorced and now remarried and write songs together, live in Nashville, doing incredible things. And I know there's a lot more <laughs> a little bit. than just that simple sentence. And I would love Absolutely. for you to share for it. Sure. Can kick us off. Yeah, love to. I mean, just we get on train tracks and we just go. So raise your hand or say, hey, <laughs> shut up. Don't I have a question. <laughs> uh, we we met when we were in high school. It was the summer before our senior year. And we met, of all places, in a very uh, traditional Southern Christian way. <laughs> we met on a mission trip to Philadelphia. So... Um, that was kind of our foray. We, Stephanie had a boyfriend at the time, so we didn't quite, we didn't quite, you know, hit that level just yet. Um, but this, yeah, this is outside where, where of, this? of Nashville in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we went to Philadelphia okay. so on the mission trip. So we, we did fall in love fairly quickly. After at, the boyfriend part though. After That's the important boyfriend, to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some loose ends to tie up and yeah, fell in love. <laughs> and got 
married, you know, when we were in college. So we were juggling, paying our way, you know, or at least working uh, through college. We were going to class and somehow nurturing this young marriage, which I think we, we would definitely do differently this time around. We didn't really have a ton of people to check in with. We didn't have mentors, really. We didn't have yeah. uh, any sort of community uh, to speak of early on in our marriage. And well, I think we were we were around people all the time, yeah, for right? Sure. Like, we were super involved in church and leading worship and a lot of different we had ministries. friends. But, yeah, but we didn't know how important it was to have people, like, truly knowing what was going on in our life. For sure. Yeah, yeah and even just I like say. a safe space to, I don't know, process. Um, say, like, yeah, like, it's not all sunshine <laughs> yeah. and roses. And even some, be real. somebody yeah. to be like, hey, you don't seem okay. Because <laughs> we can't see our own blind spots sometimes. So that was that was kind of the, and it wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't, neither of us would say, hey, our, our it, it was definitely hard. And we had issues, but there was just, it was more naivety than anything. So walking through that season for me in college, you know, there's a there's this season a lot of people walk through where they question what they were handed uh, in terms of worldview and faith, and so that's that's what that season looked like for me amid all of this other stuff happening, a young marriage and working in college and classes. So I was asking good questions, but because of the life that we were living, we were leading worship everywhere. We were uh, both involved a lot in the church, and and for some reason. Maybe it's a little bit the church's fault. It's probably a little bit my fault. I just didn't feel safe to to talk about those good questions, this this inspection I was doing on, on what I believed. So I, I hid. I'm a performer, uh, and I think we all have a propensity to hide. You know, we feel shame. So I felt shame about that and just didn't talk to anybody about that. We didn't talk to anybody about our young married life, and I didn't talk to anybody about that so that season of life was characterized by a lot of hiding and that opened the door to sin in my life i heard somebody say one time uh that if if the devil that's what we call him in the south if the, if the <laughs> devil if the devil can get you alone he can get you to do anything and that's to i think the broader principle of that mm-hmm. is just isolation is not good for the human heart and that's what happened to me so that opened the door for sin i was in the music industry. Um, so there was plenty of things for me to get into drugs, alcohol parties. And I used that to cope with all that shame. And it got to the point where my hiding was so bad that I would be out partying and drinking with friends with, you know, on, on a Saturday night and then wake up and go to, go to church and pretend like everything was okay and lead worship even to this God that I, I didn't even believe in anymore. So I was two completely different people. And that led me to sit Stephanie down one night because I started to believe that it was marriage that was my problem. You know, I'd done all the right things and married a good girl and gotten a job and I still just wasn't happy. And it, it, it certainly couldn't have anything to do with, you know, my choices that I was making and the, all the hiding that I was doing. Of course not. Uh, but my naivety and even just my deception. Uh, I, I believe that marriage probably would fix things so I could be who I really was and be free. So I sat step down and I said 14 words uh, to her little ears who were very unknowing. Um, she maybe knew that I had questions, but like I was, I was very good at hiding, unfortunately. And so I said, 
I don't believe in God anymore and I don't want to be married anymore. It's literally what I said. And uh, I walked to a lawyer's office and signed papers and I walked away. Oh my word. I just got chills. Okay, so I want to mm-hmm. recap. So you were leading worship and as you said, kind of a professional hider at this point, you know, living these double lives and even to you, Stephanie, you know, you're probably, you're seeing all of it more than the church, so to speak, but I, this felt like a load of bricks, yeah, I, I mean, imagine, he, when he said he that. He says he was good at hiding. I mean, I didn't know 99% of what was going on. So, you know, if he would go out with his friends, oh, I, I was teaching. So if anybody who is in education, those first couple of years of teaching are exhausting. <laughs> and so, you know, I'd be in bed by, I don't know, nine, and I was getting my graduate degree. So I, I would just go to bed and he would go out. Like, I just didn't, I had no idea some of the stuff that was going on. And I think I... I preferred to stay a little ignorant to it. I think just thinking, hoping the best, Oh, it's a busy season. Things are hard. Like I, I just figured we'll get through this, you know, being in school, working, we'll get through this and it'll get easier. Very similar to my blindness. I think just in a different way, you know, it couldn't be that we actually need help. (laughs) Yeah. And how old were you guys uh, at this that, point? In that season, I think I was 22, 20. We've been married. So how long three, were you married? We've been married three, three and a half, three and a half, three years. And a half years. Yeah. Which is, which for, okay. for, for anyone who wants to know, <laughs> they've like cut the seven year itch in half when we were growing up. It was like, there's this seven year itch yeah. that, that people get. And of course, everything happens faster now. It's the digital world and things commoditized so now it's just it's three and a half year itch mm-hmm. uh, we hit that mark exactly yeah. well but of course things were building up you know and, and then we got to this point all right Stephanie what was going uh, on in your perspective that night like you said when he sat me down and told me that I I just couldn't even process it I it just it was like the solid ground that I'd been standing on my whole life was just ripped out from under me and you know, I had so carefully and strategically planned out my life, you know, and get married by a certain age, get a career. I just got my graduate degree, you know, kids in so many years or whatever. And, and just all of that gone in an instant and literally five seconds. And so I couldn't even, I couldn't even talk for like half an hour. I could, I just couldn't make sense of it. So obviously. She just sat on the edge of the bed. She like had to, I think I remember trying to explain myself more and she just left, she like had to leave the room and she went and sat on the bed for, and just didn't even talk like head in the hands. That's all like, I hardly remember <laughs> that night, but, um, yeah. obviously every emotion you can imagine, you know, the devastation, the hurt, the betrayal, the just overwhelming, just the sadness of, of the idea of losing not only my husband, my best friend, but this future, you know, that I had planned for. So uh, it was obviously the hardest season that I've ever walked through. Um, But I, man, God had so much, so much to teach me that I needed, that I desperately needed um, to grow and to know him fully. Because at the beginning, the hardest thing about all of it is that I, I could control it, you know, no matter what I said or what I tried to do or how I tried to convince Chris. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't convince him to stay. I couldn't convince him 
to believe in this God that we had, you know, loved and served for so many years. Um, and so that was absolutely devastating. Um, and, uh, you know, it sounds light as I'm saying it now, obviously, <laughs> retelling it in a very short period of time doesn't give you the full weight yeah. of, of walking through that. Um, but for me, it was really easy to look at Chris and see, oh, he's the one who was sinning. He was the one who had left. I didn't choose this. But God very graciously showed me that even though he was the prodigal in the flesh, right, <laughs> that I I was that that brother in the story too, if you're familiar with that story of the gospels, like I, my sin was just easier to hide. You know, I had all this pride and self-righteousness. And I think a lot of just this judgmental spirit that it was not a safe place for him to come and talk, you know, and um, it definitely, it takes two, it takes two to build a marriage. It takes two to start crumbling. And it's not to say that divorce was my choice, um, or, but I definitely, or my fault. Yeah. As we talk to people all the time, but, um, yeah, God had a lot of work to do in me for sure. <laughs> and I'm, I'm grateful. I wouldn't trade the work that he did for anything. I'm just loving hearing both of you, like taking ownership, like, you know, even if it's 1%, it's like, but I you know, I could have done better here. And like, that's so huge because I, I hear a lot of people that I know personally that have been divorced or whatever. It's just so easy. They did this, they did that, their fault, their fault. End of story. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> you know, like you said, you know, we, it all takes, takes two to build and to tear down. Um, okay. So what happened then? So was it immediately divorce papers? Was it like we try and reconcile no, and I like was, fight through it? What I happened? was very kind and cordial, uh, but I've described my personality at that time, like a, a an iron fist with a, with a velvet glove. Like I, I knew what I was doing. I knew what I wanted. I wasn't really open to hearing anything or going to counseling or even people from our church. They were like, look, let's, let's talk about this. And I'm sure let's go talk about this, but I've made up my mind. It, it doesn't matter. So I think that's a lesson for, for some time, you know, people, sometimes we just really want to control things. But I just had, I had my mind made up and, and um, I, I left and signed, I think we lived together for about a month and, um, Steph moved out and I took over the mortgage and, um, you know, I, I got what I wanted, you know, and now I get to be free and be who I think I really am and be who I think I really want to be. Um, it was great for a while because even if you've just come and clean, it feels good. And I, you know, that there's a, there's a truth to that, but what I was what I was kind of coming clean to, what I was revealing, what I was showing everybody was not my, was not my best self, you know, to say it uh, kind of new agey or Joel Osteen. Um, <laughs> I was not, I was not, I was not making, I was not running to something that was good and something that would help me grow. I was running to the arms. Of, I was running to sin. I was running to rebellion. Um, those things did make me happy for a while. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all just emptiness. And uh, I woke. I, I, I felt like you know one of the one of the relationships I was in uh, after Steph, uh, it that relationship ended, and I just found myself so broken and lost and alone. Not just from the, it wasn't really just from the relationship ending. It was everything surrounding it and what I what it what it made me see about who I am and my selfishness and it just. Just pulled the veil, and I, I, I was waking up 
and cold sweats, anxiety, you know, battling that those demons of that were, hey, you gave everything to this lie that you were going to be happier, that this was going to fix you, that you're going to be okay, and you're not. And that <laughs> that violent sort of there was some cognitive dissonance, and it was corrected very quickly. <laughs> so my brain was trying to wrestle with all of that, and it was the lowest point of my life for sure. But there at the bottom where all of my choices and my decisions and, and I got myself to where I was, but, but that was what God needed to move. That was, that was the broken heart. That was the broken mess that God needed to be able to move in. Even though I swore him off, you know, with these intellectual arguments and all, all of this smart stuff, he didn't need to find me through my head. He found me through my heart. And I just started pouring out to him, you know, being honest. I, I felt like I've been running with carrying lies and telling lies for so long. It was like, just home clean, tell the truth. And uh, what I found was a God who could handle all of my doubts and my insecurities and my fears and even my anger, you know, or just confusion about who God is and why he made the world the way he did and things aren't fair and just all that sort of coming out. But it, it was met with open arms and with love and, and grace. Wow, what a what a what a love to experience when you do experience love like that. It's transformational. If you like this podcast, you will love my online mentoring and I have three options for you. You can one book a call with me. I made it super easy. You can grab my calendar, find a time that works for you. Boom, it shows up on my calendar. We get a call together. It's super fun. I love meeting girls from all over to help walk them through dating or finding your faith or finding your voice or whatever it might be. Option two, I have a pre-recorded little mini course called Make a Dating Plan. We talk about just dating with intention, walking into dating with a healthy best foot forward. And option number three, I have a more in-depth pre-recorded class called From Heartbreak to Happily Ever After. It has four different modules walking through how to get over a heartbreak, how to heal, how to walk into dating with intention. We have a shame-free discussion on sex and what matters to you. And then 17 things I've learned in 17 years of marriage. I've got some great feedback on this course and I would love to share that with you as well. So check all the details at my link in profile on Instagram or my website. That's katiebulmer.life. Need a speaker for your sorority or women's event? It is not too late to reach out to me and we can put that on the calendar. You can find all the details at katiebulmer.life. So it was a process, but my heart began to change and started to open the word and things were jumping off the page because I was coming to it with an open heart, not with a critical eye. It was around that time that I started to, to hear this little, little whisper um, and that little whisper grew and grew and grew and I ignored it for a long time, but it, it got to the point where I could not ignore this thing that kept coming up in prayer and, in, and just throughout my day, you know, this, this message. And, and to this day, I don't think I've heard something as clear as I felt God here, God telling me in that season. It was, <laughs> it was for me to pursue my ex-wife <laughs> at the time who, spoiler, is sitting beside me <laughs> right now. Um, and yeah, she, she, uh, asked her to marry me again she said yes and everything's, right and everything's been great oh since yeah, yeah. Then. that was it right that's all it took yep <laughs> i called her up and yeah we just we patched things up and 
Yeah, I could have figured out timing better, but um, yeah, we we did get together, and you could tell the rest of that story. Sure. So yeah, there I was in the middle of my my growth journey with the Lord and learning what it means to fully rely on Him for everything and and to be okay with letting go and knowing, you know, God, I don't I don't know, I don't feel like Chris is a part of my future, but I just I believed He'd come back to the Lord. So as I'm at that point of truly letting it go it's when he contacted me of course it's like that That's... moment in frozen when anna's in the cave you know, like have this come to jesus moment we never related it to her we have young kids can you tell um <laughs> you know i love it so how long so from like yeah. we're done we're moving out to well obviously there's some time period and then he so reaches about, out like how, uh, how much about time eight months it had been about eight months since okay you know, bottom fell out um several months since the divorce and yeah. the final um and so he reached out to talk and i actually he talked to my parents first which is a whole other story um but then talked to me and we got together and talked for a couple hours uh just telling each other what god had done that year and what we had learned and he was very honest about things that even things i didn't know from the past and just where he was and i just i saw a different man like a new creation you know like the scripture says and so at the end of the conversation is when he shared you know our first conversation back he said well god's told me that we should be together again yeah <laughs> and, let's uh, do it it's still, still a little immature yeah i needed need a little bit of time there. but i i had forgiven him i'd been through that process but what we would tell anybody and we do tell everybody is that trust takes time and so I needed to see that if he yeah. wanted to earn that trust back, he would take the time and show me, you know, through actions that he that he could earn it. So and thank God for your wisdom. Because <laughs> I I, I'm know, like, yeah, this me. feels good. This feels right, doesn't it? Okay, we've had such a good night. Let's do it. This feels right, doesn't it? Let's <laughs> yeah. do this. Let's yeah, go. he's the more emotionally driven <laughs> one, if you can't tell. Um, <laughs> so, so we just very purposely, and we both agreed to take a few yes, months to do sure. some counseling and you were already in some counseling on your own so we did some separately and just involved our people this time you know our pastors and family to be praying alongside us and community is so so important mm. um and all agreed and with our counselor we came together after a few months we had we we're seeing the same one and everybody agreed that if we wanted to pursue it again that we should go for it and you know we serve a god who redeems a god of reconciliation so mm. we ended up so, I mean, we started all the way over. We went on our second first date, <laughs> and then within a few months, we were remarried. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it! Okay, so did you? You had like another ceremony? We did, did you yeah. Propose, yeah we proposed, like all the things. We like, we basically we traded my old engagement. I kept my original wedding band, traded in my old uh, engagement for a new one, so we kind of have the old and the new. Uh, we had a tiny ceremony just our family, and now we celebrate two anniversaries every year. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Okay, wait, which anniversaries? So 2006 was we first got married. So we celebrated 15 years back in May of this year of when we first got married. And then we kind of started over in 2011 and we just celelebrated 10 years. Oh my gosh. Of being remarried. I love it so much. And how many kids do you have now? We have two. There, uh, our son is eight, and our daughter is six. Wow! Oh, our little, our little pictures of redemption every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> little trophies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is so precious. So, what are you doing now? Doing music industry stuff, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, we so Chris had always that's always been his his love. I've always loved music, but never wanted to be a part of the industry whatsoever. Didn't like being in front of people, talking like she said, in front of people. She, she had a graduate degree in, in <laughs> and education. education and curriculum and all that. So, uh, gosh, basically, uh, he was doing the singer songwriter thing a little bit around Nashville, just kind of as a hobby. And um, after we got remarried, I'll make it quick. It's gonna be a long story, but. Uh, after we got married, we both still loved leading worship, and we went to this conference in Nashville, and there was a competition aspect for it, and my mom, who's like our biggest pusher and supporter, <laughs> she's, she was like, just do it, just for fun. We're like, all right, we'll do it. Well, we kept making it further in this duo band part, and it was horrible. I hated every minute of it. We sounded terrible, but we got to the finals, and we were told um, to sit, literally, it's like set up like American Idol, like judges and everything, and they were like, just say your name, the song, and go. You got like five seconds. And we both looked at each other because this was a few months after we got remarried. So very fresh. And we were like, no, we're going to tell our story. And so we got up. So for the we, next 30 minutes. <laughs> we, no, <I'm> <laughs> no, we took like, I don't know, less than a minute just to say really quickly what happened. And the song was kind of related. And after we were done, uh, a woman came up to me in the back just sobbing because she was going through exactly what we went through. And that, that along with some other Steps along the way really um, confirmed that God was telling us that music was going to be the platform that we would use to share the story. So that's how our duo, Out of the Dust, formed. Um, we started writing together, and it just worked. Another thing that was redeemed from before, because we just didn't feel like our voices did well. And, and so now we, we get to travel the country with our kids uh, and, and do music for a living. And really, we consider it ministry first. And, and music is just, yeah, that, that avenue, the outlet that we use to, to write about our story and to point people to a God who redeems. And it's very much ministry for us, but let's tell them the truth. The reason that we started Out of the Dust was because we got runner-up oh in my that gosh. competition. <laughs> no, we are the GMA Immerse. 2011. <laughs> no, no. He is joking. I would have, if that was all it was about, I would have never done music again. I hated being on stage so much. But I mean, imagine taking one tiny step of faith and being like, we're kind of going to break the rules until this. And, and then this woman just comes up yeah. sobbing, you know, like that is so impactful. And so it's always been about ministry and telling our story. And Man, to see the fruit of that, the faith, to see the fruit of just our faithfulness of stewarding the story well. All we do is just, I mean, we play music, but we just tell our story. And the fruit from that is, it's mind blowing. It's yeah, mind-blowing. and it's, it's definitely something that as we share our story, Obviously, we want we want it to bring people hope to see what God can do, and that it's not about us. Like this is not anything that we did. This was something that only God could have done. But also, just making it clear that we do live in a broken world, and we know that not everybody is going to get this ending. You know, there's the we've talked we've you know, talked to you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of people desperate for this kind of ending, and uh, we just man, we know that if the work that God did in our lives during that season we were apart, if that was where it stopped, like that would have been enough. <laughs> the work that God did, the redemption that we each had on our own, like that would have been enough. But this is just icing on the cake that we didn't deserve. But here we are. So we're gonna yeah. we're gonna steward it the best that we can. Because it's such a joy like to get the ending. Like we know how crazy lucky and crazy statistically it yeah. is that that would happen. And we want to be a light and a hope and give people hope that God can do miracles. Yeah. But on the other side of the coin, 
like she said, if we hadn't been reconciled, if our marriage hadn't been fixed, it was enough because God is good enough, even yeah. in those dark seasons, even if we don't get what we think we deserve or get what we think we should. It's a good ending. You know what? God, God, this is a good thing. Yeah, he, doesn't, he doesn't waste anything. No. This is so powerful. Just even the girl who, you know, is going through a bad breakup or, you know, someone who she yeah, thought absolutely. was there happily ever after and listening and thinking, I hope we're rec- reconciled and live happily ever after, but even not, you know, the process. Mm-hmm. So and we get, we get a bunch of those kinds of messages too. It's just, we make our plans and we think things are going to go one way and life doesn't, life doesn't work like that. But that's, that's where, that's where the juice is. That's where the, that's where the growth is, you know? So that's, that's our, that's our headline. <laughs> that's where uh, the juice that's is. our, su- that's our, <laughs> that's our subtitle. Our, 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 uh, our headline is God can do miracles. That's where the juice our subtitle is. is. Suffering is where the, the juice is. Yeah. yeah. And you hear that in a lot of our songwriting, you know, that, that we don't, we don't shy away from the hard because life is hard and we're not going to sugarcoat that. Mm. <laughs> so, but, but there's always, Hope, no matter what, you know, God is like you said, God is always good. No matter what, so. Well, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but I think that story is everything. And your story, as you witnessed, as sharing it, you know, from stages and through your music, the tons of people that feel a connection just because of your story. Um, and way back when, when I first started doing really anything I'm doing, I started a blog called Imperfect People in Love with the Perfect God. And the whole purpose mm-hmm. of that is just for people to share their testimonies. And I just had people write in. This is when blogging was more popular, but people would write in and share their testimonies. And all that to say, like, and you know this, but your story, if it, even if God was doing nothing but just writing this story in your lives, like the prison walls that you're breaking down, helping so many other people, like, I just want to encourage what you're doing is so wonderful. And I'm over here cheering you on. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. And who knew that God could even move through social media yeah, yeah. <laughs> through a, a silly 30 30 second tiktok and instagram reel that has somehow reached millions of people and that's so wild. much that's <laughs> so much of what we do like we see so much you know social media is such a so it's a vapor you know and it can be so vain but like to to be able to carve out this niche where we can create a, a bit of community and message people constantly Place to know, pray for people and, yeah. and, and meet people in their suffering and, and talk to them and be alike it's, it's really cool. And that's why people resonate, you know, with that story. It's like we were divorced and now we're remarried. Like, wait, what? Like, that's already pretty, yeah. pretty, you know, yeah. inspiring. And then just the details around that. Like, yeah, I think that your story is very powerful. Um, all right. So going back, yeah. if you could meet with your young, like engage the first time selves, what do you think that you would tell each other? You knew you were gonna get asked that. I did. <laughs> he was like, "I bet, I bet she'll ask." You me. knew it. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I said this to her. Uh, I just didn't, and this is pretty indicative of people with my personality. But I just, I didn't have a ton of self knowledge, and I know that, like, mental health, and like, that's it's really buzzy and, and trendy right now. Um, but moving even beyond that with just knowing who you are. If I could just talk to myself and be like, look, find, find a counselor, just talk to help try to figure out who you are. Because was, I think it was Martin Luther who said, you can't, you can't have knowledge of God without having knowledge of yourself, mm-hmm. um, which sounds a little counterintuitive. And you're like, wait, 
what book is this? Who is this? <laughs> um, but to, to be able to figure out who I am and, and, and be confident and okay with who I am. I don't know. It sounds really kind of glossy. But no, that's good. Yeah, well, and I think, too, to kind of go along with what you said, I think, like we said earlier, like having somebody to speak into your life, to speak Blind spots, into yeah. your life is so important. I We didn't have that. We didn't have that the first time around. Our premarital counseling was literally a half day with a large group. <laughs> that was not okay. We didn't know that at the time, but that was not enough. Yeah. You know, we came into marriage with such different expectations and didn't even know. You know, he came from a, a, he's an only child with a single mom. He never grew up with a dad. I had the very, you know, um, just the, what you'd look like as the perfect, you know, two parents, yeah. married, older brother raised in the church, all of that. So just having, yeah, a, a mentor, uh, I would, man, I would tell myself how important relationships with other women is. Um, that was something I did not have close friends that were girls that were my age or even older, you know, and that, man, that has changed my life since then of being in relationship with other women. Um, so yeah, that's huge. And just, it's so hard because now that we, you know, we mentor uh, young couples as well through our church and it's so hard to think of how to like get to these young twenties, you know, these late teens, early twenties. But I just, I wish that my younger self knew her worth and in her identity, that it wasn't in how she was performing or her role as a wife or as being the good Christian girl, that I could have just rested and had peace in being a daughter of God who loved me more than anything else in the world. So I love it. I love it. Um, I'm also curious just because I've, you know, I, I mentor young women. I've had so many thoughts around the subject. Now that you're parents as well, now that you, you know, have an interesting story about getting married young, what are your thoughts? Getting married young, waiting, like there's a lot of opinions on this. And mm-hmm. I would say obviously it depends on the person. And I'm sure you probably agree, yeah. but any thoughts on that? Uh I I think it's a case by case basis. Sure. Like Stephanie said, I came from basically a fatherless home, and if some if somebody could have just been like, "Hey, y'all should talk about that," because uh, that's going to cause <laughs> you never even dealt with that. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I I don't have any hard opinions yeah. about it one way or the other. I think it's a case by case basis, and if you have people in your life, if you have yeah, if you have people in your life who you are living closely with who know you and, and know you as a couple and they are, you know, not that you need their permission, but if there is a, you know, that there's just, there's wisdom in seeking help. Yeah. I think that's, opinions that is key yourself. for sure. Because when I, when I initially think of our daughter, who is, gosh, she's just incredible and she's so full of emotions and life and fire. And I think of her getting married at 19, that like makes my head spin a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes me nervous, but but again, I know her as a six year old, so I know right. her she'll be like at nineteen. But but yeah, I think what you said is so true. Because as much as I would be like, wait till you're older, you know what? I don't know what God will call her to, and and yeah, if she's got people in her life who will speak truth into her life, if her and her fiance will do the work uh, ahead of time, and then have continue to do the work as they get married, I you know, and it's to on- say there's 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 the side of you grow up together and that can be a beautiful thing or you do a little growing and then, and then get married. I think there's, there's pros and cons to both for sure. And just to cap it all off, I think it all comes back 
for me, it all comes back to Jesus. It comes back to who are you living for and who is who's the Lord of your life? That sounds so, but who who's the king? Who who's who are you in submission yeah. to? What are you what are you in submission to? If if it's Jesus, uh, I think good things can come out of any decision that you make. If you're praying and asking God for his will to be yeah. done, I think. Whether you're 18 or 40, things, that kind of mentality. Yeah. Right. Good things will happen. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be hard. Sure. Yeah. Either way, it'll be hard. But Oh, I just love you guys' story and everything you're doing so much. Tell us how we can get more out of dust goodness. Um, Spotify, all the places, websites, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's uh, make sure you get the out of the in there, out of the dust. Out of the dust. That'll, that's how you can find us. So uh, not any, a general dust, out of <laughs> the dust. The dust. Um, yeah, we're very active on socials, especially Instagram. We're on the most, uh, but we did start TikTok a couple months ago, so we're on there as well. Hmm. Uh, but any socials, Facebook, all that, you can find us just at Out of the Dust Music, and then our website is a great place to go. To you know, there's a video there of us telling our story. Oh, 20 year olds don't go to Thanks. websites well, anymore. Know. Maybe they do, <laughs> but just out of the dust music.com, and again, all our music is streaming on all the major YouTube, all of that, our, all that. Just our stories on YouTube. So, out of yeah. the dust, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure we link all the good stuff, um, and the, the viral video because everyone needs to spend 30 seconds getting inspired by <laughs> your amazing story. Well, Chris and Steph, thanks so much for being here and sharing your story. I'm over here cheering you on, and I cannot wait to share this with our listeners. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm over here giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Would you help a sister out and take a screenshot right wherever you're listening and share it on your social? Give me a tag at Katie Vollmer Life so I can give you a big thank you. You sharing it, you leaving your reviews on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Hey, let's continue to hang out. We have a private community called Truth For Your 20s over on Facebook. So just go to groups, search Truth For Your 20s and come join the party.